welcome to the Empowered Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Tudor, Certified Lifestyle Medicine Practitioner. My aim is to help everyday people understand science, not the science, and to use that understanding to make better choices for their health and well-being. Each episode, I'll be bringing my latest Substack post to you in audio form. For the full visual experience, including graphs, charts, images, and videos, view the accompanying post in my Empowered Substack. And now, let's dive in. Episode 50, Ketogenic Diets, Part 6, The Gut Microbiome. Previously in this series, I've discussed the origins of the ketogenic diet and the biological role of ketone bodies in Part 1, whether living in a state of ketosis is normal and natural in Part 2, whether ketogenic diets are effective for weight loss, that was Part 3, and for insulin resistance and diabetes, Part 4, and whether ketogenic diets can cure cancer, Part 5. Now, let's examine the impact of the high-fat, low-carbohydrate diet style on the gut microbiome and the health implications of long-term ketogenic diets. First, a short primer on the human gut and microbiome. The term gut means the entire gastrointestinal tract from mouth to anus, but when we speak of the gut microbiome, we're primarily talking about the microorganisms that inhabit our large intestine, or colon, and their genetic material. The stomach harbors very few bacteria under normal circumstances due to its intense acidity, and the upper small intestine is also hostile to bacteria due to high concentrations of bile and other digestive juices. The large intestine, however, is a different story. It provides an ideal environment for bacteria, warm, moist, and full of food. There are over 1,000 bacterial species in the human gut, in some people up to 100 million species, falling into six main families, The firmicutes, averaging 64% of the gut microbiota, bacteroidetes, averaging 23%, proteobacteria at 8%, actinomycetes at 3%, and the verrucomicrobia and archaebacteria at 2% combined. While there is no consensus on the ideal composition of the human gut microbiome, there are particular patterns of imbalanced gut microbiota, known as dysbiosis, which constitute underrepresentation of certain bacterial species and overrepresentation of others. And these patterns of dysbiosis are strongly linked with the heightened risk of various diseases, inflammatory bowel disease, obesity, type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and cancer are just some of the diseases that have been linked to imbalanced gut microbiota. The overall diversity and specific composition of our gut microbiota are affected by numerous dietary components, including total protein and proportions of protein from animal versus plant sources, total fat and proportion of saturated versus unsaturated fat, fiber, resistant starch, polyphenols, and sugar. The ketogenic diet is characterized by being high in fat, very low in carbohydrate, and very low to moderately high in protein, depending on whether it is a classical or modified ketogenic diet, which I discussed in part one. Let's look at fat first. A high-fat diet has been found to reduce colon bacteria overall, while increasing total anaerobic microflora and bacteroides counts. Bacteroides are normally beneficial organisms, but overgrowth is associated with inflammatory bowel disease, severe antibiotic-resistant infections, and colorectal cancer. A small study of people suffering from glucose transporter 1 deficiency syndrome, or GLUT1DS, which is a cause of epileptic seizures, found that after three months on a ketogenic diet, there was a significant increase in desulfovibrio species, a group of bacteria known to produce hydrogen sulfide, a gas which causes gut inflammation and is linked to the development of inflammatory bowel disease. 
In a study of people at high risk of metabolic syndrome, switching from a diet high in saturated fat, which is typical of a ketogenic diet, to a low fat diet, increased the numbers of beneficial bifidobacteria, and this correlated with reduced fasting glucose and total cholesterol, in other words, a reversal of metabolic syndrome. A ketogenic diet was found to significantly raise the abundance of Fusobacteria and Escherichia, which have both been implicated in predisposition to colorectal cancer in the stool of human volunteers. At the same time, the ketogenic diet dramatically reduced the relative abundance of Actinobacteria, with those beneficial Bifidobacteria once again showing the sharpest decline. A high-fat diet increases intestinal permeability, that is, it causes leaky gut, by turning off the genes that code for proteins that comprise tight junctions, the seals between neighboring intestinal cells. Tight junctions are intended to stop unwanted or dangerous gut contents, such as undigested proteins and bacterial toxins, from leaking through the gut wall and into the bloodstream. One of those bacterial toxins is endotoxin, a component of the cell walls of gram-negative bacteria, including bacteroides, elistipes, and bilophila. Saturated fat intake, in particular, increases the absorption of endotoxin from the gut into the bloodstream. The presence of endotoxin in the blood, known as endotoxemia, is a powerful trigger of inflammation and is associated with reduced glucose tolerance, which can eventually lead to diabetes, body weight gain, fat mass development, and oxidative stress. People suffering from major depressive disorder have been found to have higher levels of serum antibodies against endotoxin than non-depressed people, indicating leaky gut and an immune response to endotoxemia. Mice fed a high-fat diet were found to become more vulnerable to anxiety-like behaviour. Although research linking high-fat intake to anxiety in humans is lacking at present, the fact that mice suffer the same loss of microbial diversity on a high-fat diet as humans do, and that this loss of diversity is correlated with anxiety in mice, should give serious pause for thought, especially given the simultaneous popularity of ketogenic diets and the explosion in the incidence of anxiety. High fat intake also increases the amount of bile secreted by the gallbladder into the small intestine. This increases the relative abundance of bacterial species that use bile as a food source, including bacteroides, elistipes, and bilophila. High counts of these bacteria are associated with increased inflammation. High counts of bilophila wadsworthia have been linked to increased incidence and severity of colitis and colorectal cancer, while elistipes was found to be overrepresented in people suffering from major depressive disorder. On the other side of the scale, the therapeutic effect of ketogenic diets on drug-resistant epilepsy is believed to be largely attributable to their impact on gut microbiota. Likewise, some of the beneficial effects on markers and symptoms of neurodegenerative disease that have been observed in trials of ketogenic diets correlate with alterations in the composition of gut microbiota. Parents of children with intractable epilepsy may rationally decide that the imminent risk of brain damage from unrelenting seizures outweighs the long-term danger posed by adverse changes to gut microbiota. But for everyone who is not thus caught between Scylla and Charybdis, serious consideration needs to be given to the known and unknown risks of long-term depletion of health-promoting gut microbiota that results from following a ketogenic diet. And now let's look at the influence of carbohydrate intake on the gut microbiota. Proponents of ketogenic diets tend to lump all carbohydrate-containing foods together, demonizing them as the root cause of every chronic disease that plagues westernized countries. However, when it comes to the gut microbiome, all carbohydrates are not created equal. 
Unrefined or minimally processed carbohydrate-rich foods such as whole grains, starchy vegetables, legumes and fruits contain non-digestible carbohydrates including fibre, resistant starch and non-starch polysaccharides dubbed microbiota accessible carbohydrates or MACs by pioneering gut microbiome researchers Erica and Justin Sonnenberg. Unlike simple starches and sugars, these non-digestible carbohydrates are not broken down by human digestive enzymes in the small intestine and don't serve as a food source for us. Instead, they make it all the way down to the large intestine, where our gut microbiota ferment them, producing not only an energy source for themselves, but a host of compounds which are beneficial for their hosts, that is, us. A diet low in max reduces total bacterial abundance, which is one of the major indicators of a healthy gut microbiome and also microbiota gene richness. As Erica and Justin Sonnenberg put it, eating a low-carbohydrate diet equates to, quote, starving our microbial self, end of quote. The consequences of this impoverishment in total numbers and diversity of gut bacteria are not yet understood, but it's worth noting that humans who live a more primitive hunter-gatherer lifestyle, such as the Hadza of northern Tanzania, have far greater microbial richness and biodiversity than typical Westerners, a characteristic linked to their high consumption of fibrous plant foods and strongly correlated with their freedom from typical Western diseases including obesity, diabetes and colorectal cancer. One of the products of bacterial fermentation of max, specifically resistant starches and dietary fibre, is butyrate. Butyrate has an astonishingly diverse suite of benefits, including providing the major fuel source to colonocytes, that is the cells lining the large intestine, maintaining the integrity of the gut lining, or preventing and healing leaky gut, reducing mucosal inflammation, reducing visceral hypersensitivity, which is the gut-brain communication disorder that underlies irritable bowel syndrome, modulating intestinal motility, preventing and inhibiting colorectal cancer, reducing serum cholesterol, reducing insulin resistance, assisting with weight loss, preventing stroke, and increasing brain-derived neurotrophic factor, or BDNF, which stimulates the growth of new nerve cells and connections between existing ones. Even ketogenic diets that are high in fibre-rich but low-carbohydrate vegetables cannot hope to achieve the quantity and diversity of MACs needed to cultivate a healthy and diverse gut microbiome. Non-fibre MACs, such as resistant starch and non-starch polysaccharides, are found most abundantly in whole grains, legumes and fruits, not in vegetables. The American Gut Project, a massive citizen science project which is using big data to help fill in the gaps in our knowledge about the complex web of linkages between our diet and lifestyle habits, gut microbiota and health status, reported in 2018 that the single greatest predictor of microbial diversity is the number of different plant foods eaten per week. Participants who reported eating more than 30 different plant foods per week had the most diverse microbiota. It's easy to eat this many different plant foods on a whole food, plant-based diet, but virtually impossible on a ketogenic diet that excludes most fruits, starchy vegetables, whole grains and legumes. Contrary to the constant refrain of low carbers, whole grain consumption is consistently linked with improved health, including reduced risk of type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, weight gain and colorectal cancer, and it is likely that many of the benefits of whole grain consumption are mediated through their effects on gut microbes. For example, diets rich in whole grain and wheat bran are linked to an increase in the beneficial bacteria bifidobacteria and lactobacilli, 
while whole grain barley and resistant starch increase the abundance of butyrate-producing ruminococcus, eubacterium rectale, and roseburia. And conversely, people who eat a high-protein, low-carbohydrate diet were found to have reduced roseburia and eubacterium rectale in their gut microbiota and decreased butyrate in their feces. Fecalobacterium prausnitzi, one of the key producers of butyrate, also thrives in the colons of people who eat diets high in microbiota-accessible carbohydrates. The real-world effects of these diet-induced alterations in gut microbiota are serious and multifaceted. Here are just two examples. Number one, people with advanced colorectal cancer were found to have lower counts of fiber-loving roseburia and eubacterium than cancer-free controls associated with a lower fiber intake and reduced levels of butyrate and other short-chain fatty acids. And two, in a study comparing the gut microbiota of people suffering from major depressive disorder to non-depressed people, depressed individuals had significantly fewer Fecalobacterium prausnitzi, Roseburia hominis, and Roseburia intestinalis in their stool. Depleted levels of Fecalobacterium prausnitzi, in particular, were found to correlate with reduced capacity to produce butyrate, the sleep hormone melatonin, and the neurotransmitters glutamate and gamma-aminobutyric acid in people suffering from major depression. A gluten-free diet was found to decrease numbers of beneficial bifidobacterium and lactobacillus and increase counts of the opportunistic pathogens E. coli and Enterobacteriaceae in healthy non-celiac volunteers after just one month. Clearly, people diagnosed with celiac disease need to strictly avoid gluten in order to reverse the damage that has been done to their gut by the autoimmune reaction to this protein. However, non-celiacs who have adopted a gluten-free diet because they wrongly perceive that it is healthier may be doing themselves much more harm than good. Finally, let's look at the impact of protein on gut microbiota. While the classic ketogenic diet is low in protein, some variants are relatively heavy on protein, almost invariably animal proteins, since plant proteins come packaged with carbohydrate. Bile-tolerant anaerobes such as bacteroides, allostypes, and bilophila increase with consumption of animal-based protein, while the beneficial bacteria Roseburia and Eubacterium rectale are depleted by high-protein, low-carbohydrate diets, and consequently, lower butyrate production is observed in people following such diets. Fewer butyrate-producing bacteria are found in the feces of inflammatory bowel disease patients than in healthy control patients. High animal protein intake has been found to significantly increase the risk of developing inflammatory bowel disease. The dysbiotic pattern of increased bacteroides and diminished butyrate-producing bacteria has also been identified in colorectal cancer patients. In summary, high-fat, low-carbohydrate ketogenic diets cause major disruptions to the human gut microbiome, triggering leaky gut and systemic inflammation. Since the study of the gut microbiome is still in its infancy, the long-term consequences of the dysbiosis induced by ketogenic diets are unknown, but strong links are already evident with a number of chronic diseases including inflammatory bowel disease and colorectal cancer. Our microbial self thrives on a diverse array of carbohydrates, fiber, resistant starch, and non-starch polysaccharides found only in plants. If you want a healthy gut microbiome and all the benefits that flow from it, the solution is simple. Eat more plants. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and on your socials and make sure you subscribe to my Empowered Substack so you never miss a post.